This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 185, sponsored by InStock Trades and Netflix. All right.
Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 185. The numbers are so big that there's no, there's no jokes for them anymore. They're just integers. Uh, I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with uh, Connor. Hello. He returns. And He's returned. I'm back. Woo. We're all here. And Ron, you, hey. you heard that voice. Yes, I am back too. I've returned. Yeah. The three of we us haven't been all together for like a month. I forgot yeah. what you look like. Well, that's a lot better that way. We yeah. don't really see each other when we're doing this. Yeah. So. It's best if you look away while we do this. Um, <laughs> I'm not wearing pants, so it's probably better for all of you. There's the there's, wow. That's a record. And it's How weird. We? It's weird. A minute in, and it's weird. Oh, she always <laughs> like masturbation. At it so is at ifanboy.com. We like comics. We read them every week. We all read a lot of of new comics, and one of us has to pick the one that they thought was best that week. They write about it on the website. That's called the pick of the week. Then we come here and we talk about it on the podcast. We talk about other books from the week, and um, we do some other stuff too. This week is a special week. We got, we got, we have, we have so much content that it's, it's going to be a little different, but you'll dig it. Um, before we get going, this is a, a warning of sorts. There's nothing dangerous happening, but if you haven't read your books yet, uh, they will probably or could be spoiled because uh, we're going to talk about the books that came out and the things that happened in them. So if you haven't read their stuff yet, come back later or look at the show notes and see what you can definitely avoid. But yeah, just listen, it's fun, you know. Caution to the wind, Connor. Yeah. You. Well, before I start, I wanted to mention that um, I don't know how people who buy their books once a month do it because <laughs> yeah. I was gone for two weeks. And so when I got back, I had two weeks worth of books to read, which is about it was about 35, 40 books maybe. They were monster weeks. And it took me almost a week. I, I kept looking at that pile every day like, ugh. I'm going to guess <laughs> the people who buy monthly buy less than us. I would imagine because yeah. I can't imagine getting – 80 books and reading them all at once. Ugh. I'd probably hate comics at that point. Yeah. That. But it, it, took, it took me literally like a week. I think I've got two I haven't finished, to be honest with you, somewhere. But um, I came back, and this is my first week back, getting books when they regularly come out. Captain America number 50 was my pick of the week. And it's been two years now since Steve Rogers died. Can you believe it? Jeez. It's been more than that with delays. Mm. Well, it's been about two years, and it doesn't well, seem like it. They built in the three-month thing after 25. I remember that. Oh, that's that. right. Right, yeah. I remember that. Right. And it was, well, fe- it was, fe- it was February, wasn't it? It was February yeah. when it happened. Yeah. So. Yep. I'm nerds. So it's been two years almost of, of James Buchanan Barnes as the new Captain America, and this was an issue where he got to take stock on his birthday and look back at his life and remember his life in World War II and all the, the big birthdays he had when he was a kid with, with Steve and come to grips with his current life as the new Captain America. And I love these issues where the characters get to step back and, and, and look at themselves and, and, and just sort of have a moment of peace between big story arcs. And those are always my favorite issues, the ones that always make me look back and want to reread, like the Winter Soldier one-shot from two or mm-hmm. three years ago. Soldier this, Winter Kills. Yeah, that's the one I'm, that made me think of when I read this one. Those are the issues I love. And I, when I look back at my Captain America omnibus, that's the one I always want to reread, and I, not the other ones because... As much as I like a good fight scene, the ones that really get, to get me are the ones where you get to examine the people and examine these characters that you follow for decades, almost, or more than decades. But it was a really good, strong character issue. And I thought a real big plus was Luke Ross's art, which in the past I hadn't liked. He had been a, he's, been, he's been one of the fill-in guys. There's like, and, there's like an Epting school of art now, because if you had told me that this was Epting, I would have believed you. Frank D'Armada. There's your it's man Frank, right there. It's yeah. Frank D'Armada's colors, I think, it really holds it together. But I thought Luke, Luke's art was a little stiff in his first fill-in job. But this one, he had a, really, a lot of really dynamic fights because in this issue, 
the watchdogs, which was a right-wing paramilitary militia, was attacking Bucky for not being the true Captain America. So there was a lot of fighting going on while he was remembering World War II. And I thought um, some really dynamic stuff, a lot of, a lot of aerial fighting going on because the watchdogs fly. And I thought the, I was really impressed by his art in that sense. And also, um, at the end of the issue, he, he's defeated the watchdogs. He returns home and he walks into a surprise party being held by the new Avengers who are all crashing at his apartment, which must be really cramped because it's Brooklyn. It's not, he's not in a big house in the suburbs. The pubes on the soap alone. And, and, his girl, and his girlfriend Natasha, they all throw him a, a, a surprise party for his birthday. But I was struck by how the whole color scheme changed from mm-hmm. the regular issue colors, which you've, you've, you've seen since basically issue one of Captain America, to this sort of bright, happy color scheme, which to me signified that he's sort of found his place in his life and he's happy for he's finally happy because he's been living with all of this guilt for so long about being the Winter Soldier and being this communist um, soldier, secret super, super soldier for so long, yeah. and and he's finally finally found a life and a family, and it's, he figures out that Steve not only wanted him to be Captain America, but wanted him to find happiness, and he's found that with with his friends and this and his girlfriend Natasha, and he's and I thought I really liked the way the colors really complemented that, and the whole it was basically a team effort. It was Bruce Baker's writing, it was Luke Ross's um, art, and it was Frank Darmada's colors who did both. He did both sections, and it was impressive that he changed that yeah. way. The colorist isn't often lauded enough but he really did a good job and he was one big reason why i liked the book it was really just a strong character issue i think that they used our font on the uh, birthday banner no. <laughs> it's not our font <laughs> and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that the second half of the book which was the marcos martin written and drawn history of captain america which was just drool worthy over every page was just gorgeously designed there was a couple of pages in there that i would just love to have the art form hang out on my wall yeah. it was just his his design eye is fantastic. I loved the page of the Winter Soldier where the his whole history is laid out in his big shadow. Yep. And it was just a beautifully beautifully designed second half of the book, and I was so happy to see that. That put it over the top for me. Yeah, that was as soon as great, I saw the as soon as I saw fourteen pages of Marcos Martino, and I was like, forget it, they were done. Yeah, that was a, that was a great little add on to this. This is yeah, this was and the the Avengers page within the A and just like his. With the, with Namor hurling the, the iceberg is an awesome page. Yeah, totally. Oh god, these pages are beautiful. Yeah, this is a nice little package. I gotta agree with you. I ended up after getting through my my stack of uh, stack of comics, and then reading the pick, and I was like, you know, I gotta agree. I gotta I gotta give it give it up. This 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 little moment of time issue is is definitely is one of the the better kinds of issues, and, and they tug at the sentimental heartstrings and all that kind of stuff. And I was impressed by Luke Ross. This is all in all, it was a great for three ninety nine. This is this is this is worth three ninety nine if you ask me. Absolutely, sure. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because because it's been two years now, and and we're talking about this comic where there's a lot of rumors going on that Steve is going to be coming back. There's Lying in the Gutters had the rumor this week saying that the reborn story is definitely Steve's coming, returning to life. And I, as much as I wanted to come back, as much as he's still my favorite character, and as, much, as happy as I am to ever see the flashbacks with him in him, I feel like they still haven't done enough with Bucky. Well, I, I He think, still hasn't really found his footing in the Marvel Universe. I think they could bring him back and he could be Nomad. He Who's he? Be. Steve? Or, Steve. Well, I, I was... I was talking about this with Connor. There's all sorts of things they can do if they bring Steve back. There could be two Captain Americas. There could, I mean, and they've done that successfully with other things. There could be, you know, like somebody, you know, maybe Steve becomes the the Nick Fury sort of figure for a while, and Bucky's still Captain America. There's just all sorts of things you can do. I would be less worried about Steve coming back, and I'd be more worried about Rob Liefeld's girl Bucky coming back because <laughs> that's coming. 
I don't even know what that is, but that sounds awful. The the girl Bucky from the Heroes Reborn universe. Remember, uh, like a year ago, Loeb wrote her into Six One Six Marvel U. Now she's that sounds like something I would have read. And now, and I've seen I've seen artwork, and I've seen Liefeld twittering about it, and and she's coming into Captain the Captain America title. Don't ask me how or why. If Ed Brubaker does it, then. Yeah, that will be the true work. test. You know, bringing back Bucky is one thing. Making Liefeld's girl Bucky work in the title will be a completely other thing. This is a dude who sold Lady Bullseye. Yeah, true, true. But um, I mean, but you know, you could bring. I mean, you could bring Steve back, and I could. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him as Nomad for a while, and then he could die again. I don't think he could be Nomad anymore. <laughs> Why not? I with think the, Nomad with the, is with the, nomad with the cool nomad. duster. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, he needs to be Nomad with the big blue and yellow costume. Oh right. What if he yeah, becomes? Yeah. What if he becomes Hawkeye? <laughs> oh. <laughs> would that break your mind? That'd be fine. I would be cool with that. I feel like we haven't had Bucky's defining moment as Cap in the Marvel Universe. He's been very sequestered in his own book. He shows up in New Avengers now, but doesn't really do anything. Well, he, he was in Secret Invasion, but he really hasn't had that moment where you, where he's, you think like he's established in the Marvel Universe as well, he's, Cap. He's still in that uh, Kyle Rayner phase. Am I good enough? Is it okay? There, there hasn't been the... I'm cool with this and I'm comfortable now and and then you can really like he can just be himself and I feel like you want to do that for a little while and and have him be established and before you know get out of the newborn stage which he's been in for a while and then after you've done that for a little bit then then shake things up but I think like you'd be giving him the short shrift if you were to if you were to end his tenure now. Yeah, I, I can see what that. I think. And I'd also be pissed because considering that the number of times we've interviewed Brubaker and I've talked to him like not interviews of that and his reaction is like Steve's not coming back. You know, and I know that I know that even if he was planning, he would say that or whatever. But like, I, I agree. Like, make you know, they brought Bucky back after all these years. They brought Jason Todd back after all those. They brought Gene Gray back all after all, all, all those years. But they were after all those years, and I don't think two mm-hmm. years is enough. You know, like you gotta, you almost gotta forget that Steve was around. Mm-hmm. Never. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I don't know. It's it's you know, we'll see. It was it was a it was a it was a fine issue. It's it's a good pick. Yes. Yeah, definitely a great issue. The book that was almost the pick of the week was Batman Battle of the Cowl for the Cowl number three, which is the final Ser- issue. Of- seriously? Yeah, seriously. And um, <laughs> before we get into the issue itself, I want to pat myself on the back and not pull a muscle doing it by saying that uh, Jason Todd was the gun-toting Batman, despite everyone else's telling me that it was no, it was John Paul Valley, including Chris Neesman of Around Comics, who tweeted about <laughs> saying I was wrong, that it was John Paul Valley. But no. <laughs> this is a story ultimately about um, sons, so it had to be him. It was a story about the three sons and taking over for your father, and so of course it had to be Jason Todd. John Paul Valley's like Oliver. He's not really, he's not really <laughs> he's, a son. He's a cousin, maybe. It's not even in the book because he's dead. So um, <laughs> get Oliver. This 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 was probably the weakest of the three. Um, a lot of it had to do with the art, which is very you could tell it was really rushed to get it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because next month starts the reboot, so they had uh, not the reboot, but the, all the new titles start next month, so they had to get it out. <laughs> is it Dick? And, um, is it Dick? Yeah, of course it's Dick. Because I looked saw the last page and I couldn't. It didn't look like it was obvious that it was Dick. It was somebody. It was oh, like from Dick. from their point of view. Yes, he was in the back cave. I saw a Robin. I saw an Alfred. But is, it says Dick. Well, if you read the story, it's clearly obviously Dick. Okay, the whole good, thing is about, the whole three issues has been about his, his accepting his place amongst and, the three. The admittedly, three stars, I so. flipped. I flipped through it. So it's like really like like a guy grows up in his family's plumbing business and he rebels for his whole life until he's finally 30 and then takes over the plumbing business. Pretty much. <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> well, it's no, no, more no. when it's not plumbing. But it's on, true. And, and on his ter- it was on his terms, I guess, right? Right. So, yeah. 
Turns um, out I loved plumbing all along. And interesting. Well, interesting. It's, it's more like if, it's more like you get thirty and you realize your evil younger brother is going to take over, and you even though you don't really want to be into plumbing, you don't want your father's plumbing it's, business it's, to be spurred. It's Arrested Development. <laughs> like he's got to come back and run the company for the family. He doesn't really want to. Tim. Um, Tim's evil. No, Jason. Oh, he's a brother though. He's considered one of the Robins, so he's, oh, a, he's okay, a brother. Yeah. All right. All right. You know, three um, sons. So that was. It was a strong. You had to look beyond the surface of this ish series and go into what it was really about. So that you really un- enjoy it as much as I did. It wasn't about the fighting and it wasn't about the subplots. It didn't really have much to do with the main story. It was more about what, what was really happening, which was these three sons fighting for their father's title, and that's what it was. Oh. Um, do you have the three issues handy by any chance, or no? I just have, I just have the third one handy. Oh, okay, because um, uh, this is nothing to do with the story, but the the all three covers go together like a big horizontal poster, right? Except what, except that if you look at what they're standing on, it, it doesn't line up. In in this in this issue, they're standing on like dirt, and then in right. the second issue, they're standing on like a dock, and in the third issue, they're standing on top of a building. The physics of the, yeah. the it's all off. It's all I put all, all three of them together in the comic store. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> That's very odd. Yeah, because because some characters cross over into each cover. Like there's some trailing capes and stuff like that. So it's look like it's all it's a big hall spread, but. The first issue, they're clearly standing on top of a building. The second issue, they're clearly standing on a dock on water. The third issue, they're clearly standing on dirt on the shore of the water. It's the the dirt dock building, building district. <laughs> the Gotham City's got some very odd architecture. Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. <laughs> I think that there's a setting like that in Leave Extraordinary Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, probably. The dirt dock building district. That's <laughs> lame. So how long did it take for Four Eyes Number Three to come out? Um, the second one was at New York, New York Comic Con. February. Um, yeah, so it's like three months. But at this point, like, they've pretty much said it. Like, Joe said, it takes him this long to do an issue. Right. And it's his, it was like his bad that he thought it wouldn't take as much time. However, um, I may have, I, I, I entertained going along uh, with Connor's choice for pick of the week, but this would have easily been my pick of the week. This was really um, good. Had, had I had the choice, this was this was stellar and, and uh, totally worth the wait, worth the three fifty. Um, just all the promise of the first couple issues is just being built upon more, and it was just it was interesting and it was fun and there's there's a there's a, a level of mystery and we don't we don't you know know quite how it's working out or shaking out, but it's just because it's all taking place in this depression era, like, and there's all these sort of shady people involved in the dragon trade. Like you just don't know who to trust or who not to. And you pretty much get the feeling you shouldn't trust anybody, you know, to look out for this main character. Who's this really sort of tiny little kid who's, you know, tough as nails. And, and I, I loved this issue. Um, I mean like the, the artwork doesn't look like anything I've seen ever. Um, and Joe Kelly, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know who this guy is because, <laughs> I mean, like, for a while he did pretty good superhero comics, and then I'll be honest, for a while I think he did sort of mediocre superhero comics for a while. Then he went off and he did animation for a bit, and he's come back with just all of these different things. I couldn't tell you that this has anything to do with the person who wrote I Kill Giants or the person who wrote bad dog or or any of the other stuff he's working on right now spider-man, Spider-Man bang tango i mean i feel like you keep going i mean it just he's i i twittered earlier the week i was like if he's a baseball player i'd test him for juicing i mean he's literally doing that good of work that's completely different than the work that we'd seen from him in the past and um 
this issue, you know, whenever this trade does come out, it's going to be it's going to be a really great book. Um, fun series, just beautiful. Um, this was this is my favorite thing I read this week easily. Yeah, this was this one. The first two issues, kind of, I was a little interested in. They didn't really have me. This one really grabbed me, and I really got lost in it. And the art was just beautiful. And you're right. I'll, I mean, Max Pumara's art is worth waiting for. I'm not, you know, I'm let let him do it. No rush. Yeah, yeah. It's so. a beautiful book. Great yeah. layout. Just yeah. really exciting looking. Uh, yeah, oh, fun stuff. Really great book. Yeah. And and lots of people seem to have. Uh, that was pretty high on the pick of the week sort of percentage wise it's good to see people are people are noticing it and giving it a shot i think also a lot, a lot of people the i kill giants trade just came out so people have been picking that up and, and getting on the joe kelly bandwagon which is which is uh, well well deserved incredibly well deserved yeah. um and in in the in, uh, in the bandwagon the, the bandwagon from a long time ago we we talked about invincible a lot lately yeah like every issue <laughs> well you know what because he's throwing something different at us every issue yeah um this one Basically, at the end of the last one, which was my pick of the week, there was a, a big fight about to start, and most of this issue is just a fight. It's a punching match, and there's not a lot of words. It's a lot of sort of that, that pure comic book action kind of stuff, and um, just really, it's I, I like seeing stuff like that. It's it's to to watch an actual. A lot of people complain that um, there's not enough action in comics, and sometimes when there are, like they they read too fast or whatever, and you know in this it just it just it was so neat and there's a note that Kirkman puts in at the end which really sort of made me notice it cuz i was just enjoying it where he was saying he's saying you know hey i'll read it from time to time i hear the complaint it took me 5 minutes to read this issue and i admit it really bugs me because it's kind of insulting to the artist no matter how little dialogue there is in a given comic if you're reading the thing properly you shouldn't be able to simply look at the art and read nothing in 5 minutes i mean how would you even follow along and the reason is because it's true like if you wanted you could breeze right through this but Look at the panels and look at look at what they're doing and appreciate sort of the work that that you know Kirkman's script and then Otley's art is putting is putting into it and it's it's really it's incredibly impressive and it I didn't feel cheated at the end of it even though there wasn't a ton of words in it hell even the letter did a hell of a job on this one <laughs> yeah no um, th- this issue was great this is, I mean this this total action it's it's one big fight and it goes from the city it goes into space it comes back down it like and and it just I mean he does it great every issue I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not regretting reading this in issues at all so no me neither yeah. just but just another great like every every page I look at I'm like I could own that page yeah I could own this page like it's when when the pages for this one go on sale every one of them will be as good as it gets because they're all invincible action pages yeah Anyways, that will cost three thousand dollars. That's true. I don't know. They, that, that, is is Ali that expensive these days, or is he up there yet? I bet he's getting up there, yeah. but yeah. it depends on what's in it. If it's just one of the regular pages, just less than a hundred bucks. But if it's right. like full on, right? Is he, up, pens- is, is he up to pages- the, is he up to the three hundred per? Right? That's that's the real plateau. But there are a couple that are, but no, yeah, not yeah. not as on a whole. Right. So Ron, Ron X Men Forever Alpha, that's the uh, reprint issue, right? Yeah, well, no. So a lot of people, a lot of people have been asking, have been emailing me and and asking over Twitter and things like that whether or not I'm going to be reading X Men Forever, which is um, which is the Chris Claremont project that Marvel announced at the New York Comic Con, I believe. Um, that uh, basically it says, okay, remember. Un- adjectiveless X-Men that started with Jim Lee and Chris Claremont. They did the first three issues, and then Claremont left in a huff, and, and then Jim Lee left, and then it, it went off you know, in the direction it did. Well, what if Chris Claremont didn't leave? Huh? <laughs> and so X-Men Forever number one, which is coming out soon, is is essentially supposed to be the, the true adjectiveless X-Men number four. And instead of Jim Lee, we get Tom Grummet. And a lot of people have asked me if I'm going to read it. 
And my, my response has been like, well, yeah, I'm probably going to read it, but not because I think it's going to be any good, but because a, I think it's going to be a train wreck and it's going to be fun to watch. But I don't want to disrespect Chris Claremont because if you ask me if anybody deserves to be given a book and allowed to do whatever he wants with it, it's Chris Claremont. I mean, he helped build Marvel into what it is today. And, if, you know, I, I totally, I, if I were running Marvel, I would do the same thing. Just let him do whatever he wants and let him have fun with it. That's fine. Well, good for you because I think that happens. So, so now, yeah, exactly. So now, X Men Forever Alpha comes out, and what it was is, is this great reprint issue, a uh, reprint of the first three issues of Adjectiveless X Men, which you've never read. You should pick up because for number one, it's just fun to look back at Jim Lee's art, which was at the top of, uh, you know, at the top of his game. But it was like the the height of the '90s Marvel craze was these issues, where this stuff, this is the stuff that kind of you know this and and. Uh, regular Spider-Man by McFarlane, like this is the example of what made them, uh, what made them think they can go off and do Image, and thus they proved that they could do it. Um, but why this is so great is because it includes a five-page preview of X-Men Forever, where we get a little glimpse of what Claremont has up his sleeve for us. <laughs> I, I, I'm judging by your laughter that it's 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 mad it's mad it's like <laughs> the dude so it's like the first three issues it was a big fight with Magneto and then now they're back at the mansion and there's just no regard for any continuity like Kitty and Kitty Pride and um, Kurt were in Excalibur at this time period right and they were in Excalibur for years like they never came back to the mansion until the 2000s for without reason they're at the mansion at the barbecue, and Storm goes to Kurt, goes to Nightcrawler, goes, it's good to see you. You and Kitty have been with Excalibur for too long. And, like, that's it. <laughs> just like, and then the kicker was is that at that point, Gambit was on the team, but he was still kind of mysterious. Nobody knew who he was. And at the end, there's, like, a little roll call of what the X-Men Forever team is going to be. And it's, like, Jean Grey, and it's Storm, and, you know, and Nightcrawler, and Kitty. And he's just, he's changed Gambit's name to Remy Picard. And he referred to Rogue as Rogue as Anna Marie Raven. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Like, no explanation. I don't know what he's laughing about. Oh, this is not, those aren't their names. Yeah, oh, I see. Because Gambit's name is Remy LeBeau. And, and Rogue's name, we never know Rogue's name. Like, this Anna Marie Raven shit is stuff that came up in Extreme X-Men and, and the movies. It's just, it's just this five pages of madness. And I am so going to be there for X-Men Alpha number one and X-Men Forever, X-Men Forever number one. And I'm just gonna laugh because it's just it's just extreme insanity, Claremont insanity. <laughs> like why? Now is why is would this sh- change from Jim Lee to Tom Grummet a little? Oh yeah, no, the, the art sucks. Yeah, no, Tom, the Tom Grummet art. I mean, it's fine. I mean, but the the shift from Jim Lee to Grummet is is noticeable, and and you can tell it's of a different time and all that kind of deal. But well, come on, it's Remy Picard. Like why? <laughs> but it was too late. I had seen everything, Cher. <laughs> So X Men Forever Alpha, That's it's 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 a good really trip down memory lane, and it's a good glimpse to the insanity that will be coming. And I will definitely be there, not because I think it's going to be good, just because it's going to make me laugh. <laughs> Why don't they pay him off? No, oh, let him do whatever he wants. Go it's away fun. like Stan Lee did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the deal: we're going to give you a million dollars a year. Don't move to the other coast, please. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to see some of the other versions of the X Men, you could say put them on your Netflix queue. Netflix has got over 100,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping both ways. Uh, they got Blu-ray titles. They have streaming to your computer, to your Xbox, or 
meant much or to Roku box. Um, very fast delivery. Most of it just you'll get your stuff in one day, uh, one way or the other. And uh, shipping plans start from just $4.99. And you can get a free two-week trial at www.netflix.com slash ifanboy. There. Lovely. I just, got, pop- I, just, I just got King of Kong. Oh, have you not seen that? Not yet, no. Oh, it's, it's, you're it's gonna a love joy. That. I know, I know. So. Oh. <laughs> you're going to love that. I have Frost Nixon, which I need to watch. Soon. I just watched Run, Fat Boy, Run. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, saw, was... I saw that in your Facebook when you rated it, and then I went and put it in my queue. Terrible movie, but the actors make it get by. Okay. Not terrible, but like the script is... Michael Lee, Michael Lee and Black wrote it, right? Yeah, but... That's unfortunate. He's funny. Da- David Schwimmer directed it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's unfortunate. If, if, I mean, literally, if Simon Pegg wasn't in that, it would have been a giant piece of shit that no one would have ever paid any attention to. Right. And pretty much no one really paid any attention to it anyway. Exactly. Well, right. But it wouldn't have even been that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I assume Connor put Superman Batman number 60 on this list. I put it on the list because, A, I'm back on after being driven away by Will Sportacio's arc, which was just as bad as his art on Batman Confidential that drove me off that book. <gasps> but I came, I came back for this because... The art in this arc is by Francis Monopal, who is the new rising star at DC. He's doing Jeff Johns' Adventure Comics book, which is the Legion Superboy book. And Josh, you and I saw some of his art, some of his colored art, and it is beautiful. He is is a rising star for a reason. He is fantastic. And if you want to just check out a new guy who's really talented... Um, if you have Superman, Superman, Batman sixty around or on your at your shop, leaf through it. It's just a, it's just really, just solid, really good superhero superhero style. It reminds me of somebody, and I can't think of who, but it's it's just that it's just a nice, clean, not clean like Darwin Cook, but clean, not overly lined sort of superhero stuff, and great great dynamic layouts, and just he's gonna be big. He's gonna be real big, I think, after the Jeff Johns book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Cool. Okay. Um, so, so Fantastic Four 566 came out, and I don't know how many issues are left in Miller and Hitch's run, but as I was I re- last year, I yeah, as I was reading it, I was wondering, wow, why this is a big fat failure, and I don't understand why. And maybe it was the delays, maybe it was, but just like no, like nobody talks about it, cares about it. Hitch's art in this issue was fantastic. Like, well, I just, here's here's my theory. I actually talked to Josh about this when we had lunch the other day. I don't think it. I don't think it matters who you put on Fantastic Four. It'll never be successful. Yeah, never again. Well, well, then- it's, it's, there's, there's a there's a certain mindset in comics now, and the audience is pretty stagnant, and they like what they like, and the certain yeah. things that are popular. Fantastic Four will never be popular. It's it's viewed it, a certain way as dowdy and boring. Yeah, Superman it, will never be popular. It doesn't it doesn't matter who you have on it. It'll have its core, you know, long fan base, which is getting smaller as they grow as they grow up and stuff like that. But yeah, I think you might be right. But that said, it, that leads into Fantastic Four Dark Reign number three, which came out. Which uh, was written, you know, written by Jonathan Hickman um, with art by is it Sean Chen? Which Chen? Yeah, Sean yes, Chen. Um, Jonathan Hickman can't get on Fantastic Four fast enough. And when He's, he does, it won't matter. Right, which is yeah. unfortunate. But like because, this, because because if Miller and Hitch couldn't sell it, there's nobody in the world who can. But the, no, but that's but I, and I'm not saying that I think Hickman can. But like I, I'm actually excited for Hickman to get on the regular title to see what he does with it because this, this miniseries has been so has been great. You know, I loved this issue. Yeah, totally, totally. I gave it a five. It was fantastic. I loved. I love how he writes the kids. I think that's my favorite part of the whole issue. Yeah, well, I like how he likes Reed. I like I mean, uh, how he writes Reed and, and uh, it's just the whole thing. I mean, I'm loving that. Perfect. The, for, he's perfect for Reed. His, his crazy science ideas are perfect for a crazy scientist. But I just yeah. particularly love the most is the way he writes the kids, which is they're very interesting. Yeah. So I just think the Fantastic Four is curious. So that's all I want to say. It's a, it's an it's a it's a it's got a stigma attached to it, like like a lot of books do that it will never overcome. Yep. 
It's sad. It's really sad because they're great characters and they're, you know, they're... Uh. It's the same thing Superman has. It's, it's, it's got the ho- hokey sort of old-fashioned stigma attached to it. That yeah. It's not going to shake. Um, as we are still in the aftermath of Final Crisis, because anything that happens... They, theoretically, they could release a, a Final Crisis aftermath five years from now. Yep. And it, it would not be an incorrect title. <laughs> um, this week saw the, um, the premiere of, of Dance, a title that... While short and snippy, may not tell you exactly what it is. Well, that's the theme of these after. That wasn't the one that you liked. Was called Run. Yes, like yes. These are just single word verb books, right? I I, I get it, yeah. but you 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 are only preaching to the converted, as it were. Okay. Based on that kind of thing, uh, Joe Casey doing this one. Um, crisscross. Yeah, with crisscross, we haven't oh, seen wow. for a while, and uh, that guy can lay out some pages. Yep. He, um, he's really, good. I always liked him. I always liked him. He really did a great job on these. Um, pretty interesting. This is. Um, Casey can do stuff a lot of times that's that's reminiscent of of pretty much Morrison work. I mean, like it feels like it's it's sort of channeling those kind of ideas, and at the same time, it also talks about it's making sort of comments on celebrity, which is a theme that he's returned celebrity, to. Celebrity, yeah, yeah, he likes that. He likes that theme a lot. Now, you know, it's interesting to see that brought into comic books because you know the idea and the people don't really touch it a lot is that if there were superheroes, you know, they would be the ones who are on, you know. Um, Access Hollywood. and Access yeah. Hollywood, and and this is kind of what that is. And, you know, at the same time, talking, you know, how, they're foreign, so it's in a global sense. Um, and 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 I, I like those kind of themes and those kind of concepts that are going on. And at the end, there's sort of a, a big world shifting uh, conspiracy kind of thing going on. It was, it was a fun issue, and it was really like it didn't look like anything else. Um, and and Chris Cross's work is 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 pretty fantastic. This is my favorite of the three that's come out so far. Uh-huh. I I did not like Escape, and I really didn't like Run as much as everybody else did, which mm-hmm. was interesting to hear when I was away. But this was fun and interesting, and I I liked the fact that the one member of the team twittered, and that's how they did the narration. He did get that wrong because <laughs> he's not on fucking Twitter. <laughs> exactly, he put an at in there. Yeah. And so the whole time I'm like, well, who the fuck is that supposed to? Who's 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 writing to him? Oh, right. He should. And there was a there was a there was a colon. That's not right either. Well, so I, I somebody. I, just, I looked beyond that. I like I like the idea of using that as the narration device. Oh, it was to... fine once I figured it out. But I really was like half of it. I was like, wow, who's writing to him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> told him at WonderCon, get on Twitter. He didn't listen. Uh, oh, he's not on anything. I know. <laughs> well, he's on something, but he's not on Twitter. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, I, li- I liked it for all the reasons you did I liked the fact that it's a pop commentary and I like the fact that it's a global superhero team I liked it was Japanese I liked the examination of the Japanese culture I liked all it's, of it it's like nothing it's like nothing else yeah exactly and therefore no one will read it um that's, I'm so we're, I think we're down on the on the reading audience right now yeah, yeah. Um, well well you know when Captain Britain gets cancelled that's what happens exactly. yeah now we're bitter we hate all of you yeah. <laughs> um, no, come back here's another book you're not reading uh, Gigantic number four from Dark Horse from Rick Remender and Eric Gwynn by the way uh, I've said this before and I'm saying it again uh, Eric Gwynn did Strange Girl yep it was a pretty good looking book or whatever this guy yeah I mean just coming out of the box not, not, and then combined with the twist which yeah. which was which was great and this was a great issue. This is I'm loving the series and it was a great issue and and I'm sad that it's going to end. It really was in the same way that that other that the you know that um, dance talked about you know it was like a, a a metaphor for celebrity. This one I really thought you know he's talking about the audience. Yep. He's talking about what people like and and like you know he could be talking about a TV audience or he could be talking about a comic book audience or you know like 
and and the networks or the publishers or what they need to do and yeah i mean he's basically there's a lot of things that could be said there and i'm sure all of it went through the mind of the writer as it was going on and just what a fun little mini series you know yeah. like just a, a good little mini series i think there's one left maybe two i, I think there's um, got to be two. i can't see them wrapping this up in one issue um, yeah. maybe maybe some maybe five or six I don't know but yeah it's coming to an end soon but yeah just great stuff and, and definitely a good little thing also unlike anything that I'm reading right now so yeah. totally. and cover the cover is just beautiful I love the cover so. uh, I mean yeah. really like when that guy's getting pretty good nailed it cool so um, so those are the books that we thought were interesting this week. But if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that came out um, during the week. And you can also uh, create an account and log in, and you can pick your own books and then come back and rate and review them. We have a couple of user reviews that we want to share with you. And Josh, why don't you give us the first one? U.S. Punks wanted to tell us about Jacques Del Fables or Jack of Fables, number 34. He gave the story a 2 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. Nobody picked this as their pick of the week, and this was the entire review this crossover started out great, but has really started to drag. Rose Red needs to get out of bed. When Jack first left Fables, I was bummed, but now I remember how annoying his character can be. Annoying was capitalized. And all the way, all the other Fables just go along with him. The running the farm is terrible. The crossover is very slow. Practically nothing happens from issue to issue, and Kevin Thorne is maybe the worst villain ever. I love Fables, so I'm in till the end, but I hope this picks up in literals number two. Uh, I think he's full of shit. <laughs> uh, I mean... This is another one, you know, in sort of the theme that I guess we've been talking about. Like, there's a lot of meta commentary going on, and this one has a lot to do with storytelling, which makes sense because it's all about what are fictional characters and and the literals and the fables and all sorts of things like that. And I'm there's a, all this commenting going on about what is made, a, what is a story, and it's actually it's, it's fairly heady stuff. It's fairly writer centric stuff, which may not be the most um, enjoyable thing to most audiences, I guess. Not um, very crowd-pleasing. No. I mean, for me, I find it fascinating because, like, you know, I've talked to Matt Sturgis about story, and, and to hear, see these comments about it in the thing, I found it funny. I found it exciting. I, um, I think the artist on this one was... That's Bron. The, he was the guy who did um, the first Garth Ennis Battlefields. Um, yes. Stuff. So, good. you know, that's good. It's real good. Cool. This was fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really liking this. Uh, people have said that Fables took a turn... Um, I think I'm going to write a thing about this because a lot of people are saying P- Fables took a dump after it was over, and we're not too far out of that. And and to me, they're just doing something else, and it's it's cool. It's no cool one's talking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, our next review comes from uh, Mountain Windcat, who's who uh, reviewed Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine Weapon X number two and gave the story a three out of five and the art a two out of five. And nobody made this their pick of the week uh, as well. And Mountain Windcat. Says with a great name. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, the title doesn't just give a convincing case for its existence. Why are we following Logan on this journey anyway? I guess he feels responsible for the particular kind of bad guy that is resultant of the same process he, he himself underwent. I hate to have to bring it up, but this is one of Marvel's higher-priced books, and instead of delivering something extra, it delivers me- something merely average. Perhaps if it was truly necessary to tell the story, they, the creative team would have better served us, the comic community, by waiting until the end of Old Man Logan and then including it in the current main Wolverine title. All right, a lot that, of things that in that review. Yeah, that said, um, I'm totally with you on what they're doing with Wolverine. I don't understand what they're doing. We talked about it last week. They're, it's all over the place. It's fucked up. But art, two out of five, I got to disagree. Ron Garney 
is killing it on this. Killing it. Yeah. He completely yeah. evolved his style. He's doing something I've never seen him do with it. The oh, it's just great. And that's not even getting into Jason Aaron and, and what he does, who you know, and I know you guys are big fans of him, and I'm just kind of a lukewarm fan of him. He's doing great on this. And the whole thing, like, why are we following Logan on this journey anyway? Because it's a Wolverine story. You know, like it, like I don't know what you're looking for. You know, like the some, question could be asked in comic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Why are we following anything? You know, like and so I don't know, but the the Garney art on this alone is is good for me. I thought this issue did go by a little faster than I wanted it to. Um, I, I did, I do, I do, I hear that that it's expensive and and you know, like I, I'm kind of curious to see where the story's going, but I loved it so. I thought it was a stronger issue than the first one, which I thought was merely okay. This was better than okay. I thought it was be- highly, you know, better than average issue. Yeah. Um, but as to the point of, of it delivering extra because it costs more, it doesn't have to deliver anything extra. It's just yeah. it's the price of the comic now. Yeah. It's, it's got to deliver you 32 pages of comic book. That's all it. it is. So. That's all it requires. But don't buy it. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is, what is the point of the book? Well, after Old Man Logan, the book becomes Dark Wolverine. It's going to be yeah. about his son. So this is going to be the only Wolverine book. The only or the only Logan. Logan. Yeah. So that's where you that's where you're gonna come for your Logan stores. I'm gonna be collecting this and I'm gonna be dropping the other one. I was just gonna say I was gonna say in a shocking move, I will be dropping the other one because I can give two shits about Dokken. So Right. So that's yeah. that's gonna be your only solo Logan. You don't care about the Dokken metal band? No, Dokken the Dark Wolverine character. Haha. Uh-huh. But um but you know, I've been buying the I've been buying the Wolverine title since nineteen ninety one and now I'm really? dropping it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I have every issue. Did not know that. Yeah, all the Buscema, all the Sylvester. I have the Brian K. Vaughn ones from the late '90s. I have, yeah, I've got them all. So, <laughs> all right. So head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can uh, rate and review uh, your books, and maybe we'll read one of your reviews on the shows. That should be something that you all look forward to. So, um, you may have noticed that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Century 1910 came out, and we hadn't talked about it yet. Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, the shipping was all kind of messed up in the U.S., so some people got it one week and some people got it the next week. And then we'd waited, and I thought, you know, it would be more fun to talk about this with Connor here. So we put it off another, and we're going we're gonna to skip um, the letters this time, and we're going to talk about the new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen book. And, and the reason that we're going to be doing that is because it was awesome. <laughs> I can't think of a better use of $8 than this book. Oh, <laughs> I read it a second time, yeah. and like I, I saw another bunch of things that I loved, and that's the so the best part about good Alan Moore stuff. Not that there's horrible Alan Moore stuff, but there's just there's just more there every time you go back in. Um, I guess what would you think, Connor? I thought it was good. I can see, <laughs> I can see why a lot of people didn't like it. Um, when I finished, we got advanced copies of it that were black and white, and this was that's what I read. I didn't read the color one yet. I read about ten pages of it till I ran out of time, but. Um, I can see why people wouldn't like it. It's more, I mean, Alan Moore seems to be at a point in his career where he's just sort of experimenting with whatever he think, you know, wants to try, and he's sort of gone beyond straightforward storytelling. And I think what most people liked about the first series was it was pretty much a straightforward adventure tale. There was a lot of content, uh, commentary and stuff underneath, but for the most part, it was pretty straightforward. Uh, the second, the sequel was a little less straightforward. Black Dossier, which I actually liked, but it was, it was very experimental. And this one is sort of a middle ground, I think. Well, I, th- I think a lot of people just stop. Singing, which is a lot of the issue. Well, yeah. Well, the, well, the thing is, is that like I, I, I stopped reading the second series like halfway through because it just didn't grab me at all. Like I just, I didn't. Hold, I, like I was reading in issues, and maybe I need to go back and read it as a collection. Yeah. But like it just didn't, didn't grab me at all. I didn't even bother with the black dossier, and I thought I was done with it. Um, but then this came out, and I looked at it, and, I, and like I kind of want to support Top Shelf, you know, and and this sort of thing. So I'm like, yeah, let me let me pick it up. And 
you know, the thing is that it reminded me of why I liked the first series is because I love the historical aspect. I love the, the, the idea of, you know, this could take place in our world kind of almost, you know, like in, in the time period. I'm a big Three Penny Opera fan, you know, and so like the, 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 the songs and the characters, you know, Matt Keith and Suki and stuff like that were just – I didn't expect at all. So I was totally surprised by them and that was just like the a little, you know, a little delight. I love the Orlando character. Um you know, it was just the whole. I mean, I was at the end of it. I was surprised, knowing how down I was on league previously up to this point, how much I really, really did enjoy this. It was just so. Really, it was so. It was so meaty. Like it yeah, was that, just so heavy. That yeah. second volume, where you really do need to go back and read because, yeah. regardless of the story that happens, there's so much neat character stuff that happens in there, especially between Mina and Hyde. Yeah. Um. That's the best part of that whole thing. I just there was a lot of things that I liked the first time I read it through. When I read it in the black and white, it actually helped to read it in color. Um, the colors are beautiful in this, by the way. Yeah. Um, and 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 Kevin O'Neill. Um, oh, amazing! Oh, it's fantastic! It oh, looks beautiful. Uh, and cool there's book. just like at first I wasn't sure how I felt about the singing narration bits of the story. Oh, I loved it. Um, I kept trying to find a tune to which I would read them, but I couldn't quite ever grab that. Um, <laughs> But I really liked it. I liked how that was done. It didn't bother me at, at all. Um, and I know that I get like I know it's Alan Moore, so I put up with things that he does more than I maybe would somebody else. I think one of my favorite things in this, the whole in the whole thing, um, is the Norton scene. Yeah, that and was Norton, a great. That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. It's the time traveler who's stuck in London, the prisoner of London. Uh, yeah, and the page. It's like I, the thing is, I mean, I'm sure there's a billion references in this that I don't get and that are going right past me, but it doesn't matter. To, yep. Like I don't feel like I need to know that, but that stuff with Norton and he just talked all this nonsense. And the thing is, you're gonna read the whole thing, and then when you're done with the third volume of this, you're gonna go back and read that, and it's all going to make sense. Yep, it's all going to be something that matters. And and I just love the way that that was done. I liked the setup of I don't know it was it was not typical I suppose, um in any way, and it it, it uh, went against a lot of my expectations. You know, and I I, lo- I just like those characters. Like you said, you liked Orlando. I liked Orlando from the Black Dossier a lot. That was one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah, was, yeah no, he was the best part of the Black Dossier. Or he, uh, she was. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, and so in this, it was kind of funny. And it was, he was sort of a goofy character, but also had like an edge that, yeah, like, you know, the whole time, like it's goofy, but then all of a sudden you realize that it's sort of serious. And and uh, again, the, the Mina-Allen relationship is is really interesting. And I just... I don't know. I was I was really I really appreciated this, and I and I like I've talked to Connor, and he said he's like I don't know if people appreciate it, and I guess maybe they're not. Well, um, well, what I liked about it was just the 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 pacing of the story, and like the the like I had this feeling I had this feeling of suspense throughout the entire story, of like mm-hmm. of building and something's going to happen, and it doesn't. I mean, like some no. things happen, but not the thing you were expecting, and so like now I'm like, well, where, when's the next one coming out? Because you know, because it, it's, yeah. it's got to continue that that thread of it, and I, I what I thought was was great how Moore was able to move the pieces on the chessboard, so to speak, in a direction that you know had me distracted in one direction while stuff happened in the other on the other side of the board, which I thought was was fascinating. It was really well written, really good. I also really like how the league, or the the current incarnation of the league, like they don't really like each other. They're not necessarily very good at what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they're almost like they just keep showing up to wherever they're supposed to next, and they're not it was fumbling. really being proactive. They're totally fumbling, yeah. but, and they're, but they're written in such a way that it's like, it's fun, it's charming. The bits at the beginning, you know, it's like those old ads that they did in all the other ones, like just that production of it is so nice. Yeah. And then there's a big chunk of prose at the end that tells you, you know, other stories of stuff that happened as you go through different, different times. Um, and I didn't read all of it. I skipped around a little bit because, you know, yeah, I'm going to go back and read them. that, yeah. 
Um, just it was just fun. I, I really I was really the second time I enjoyed it more than the first time. I um, mean I love this format. This is such a, it's like a mini trade, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's value for your dollar. I mean, when it first was solicited, people were like eight dollars, but it's I mean if she, I defy <laughs> you to find a better deal for eight dollars. Oh, how many pages is it? It's like it's like it's like a ton of pages. I mean, seriously, this is this is so much so much bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the thing that it's missing, and I, 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 I like the premises of saying I gave it four stars. I don't think it's bad. Um, was that the strength of the first story or the first two was that the archetype, archetype characters were so strong and so easy to latch onto. Whereas here, I have no connection to the, the new league. Yeah, and I don't really, care, really care about them. Yeah. Whereas the first issue, you know, the first series, it was all people from his famous characters from history, which you could e- immediately latch onto if you have any sort of history with them yourself, reading the books. Whereas here, I, I don't even I couldn't even tell you the names of the people that are in the new league, and Karnacki. I don't really care about them. Karnacki. Karnacki is Alistair Crawley. Yep. Uh, Karnacki or Raffles? I'm not sure who Raffles is. And then it's Alan Quartermain, uh, Mina, and Orlando. Right. So I don't care about any of them except for the two that were in the original the original book. And Orlando is a side character. I don't really care about its main character. So for me, that's the biggest weakness is I don't really care about the main characters, which is a problem. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> So, so there, there you have it. If you want to pick up League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or if you wanted to pick up uh, what we're about to talk about, you head over to InStock Trades, where you could um, get all of your trade paperback needs and all your graphic novels. Uh, great mail order service. Um, they've got huge savings. You can save up to thirty-seven percent off, and you get free shipping on orders over fifty dollars, which is key when you're getting a big absolute or a big omnibus. Marvel just put out a ton of omnibuses recently, and so you got you got to get them before they sell out. Um, they've got over well over fifty-four hundred trade paperbacks in stock and available to order. They got uh, uh, new releases listed every Wednesday on their website. And when you make an order, it usually ships within 48 hours. So head over to InStockTrades.com. It's the place where you want to pick up um, uh, all of your trade paperback needs. And you can get this month's Book of the Month for 47% off at InStockTrades. And Connor's going to tell us what this month's Book of the Month is and all about it. Well, the Book of the Month, if, for a little behind-the-scenes action, is like a time-release bomb at iFanboy. Where <laughs> we, what? We, oh, all, shit. <laughs> we all forget that we have to do it. And then like it's like a week before it's, it has to be done and an email goes around. So what's the Book of the Month? I think, oh, fuck. So <laughs> that, that happened to me for the, the Book of the Month this month, which is Gus and his gang. And so I freaked out and I panicked. And I couldn't find anything that I wanted to read that was coming out in a timely fashion. So I went to the Eisner list because at that point it was only about a few weeks outside the Eisner nominations and I randomly picked some names from the list and looked them up and I picked Gus and his gang because it was a western by a French cartoonist and I thought that might be fun and I got it sight unseen, not even knowing what it looked like and loved it. It's, um, this is from First Second and it's uh, Chris Blaine is the writer-artist behind this and it is a very unusual western tale. It's not your typical western Gus and His Gang is basically at its heart a romance book. It's a, it's a love story featuring these three characters, Gus, Clem, and the other guy whose name I always forget because he's hardly in the book. D- uh, d- 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 back, I don't have it in front of me. Bratton? Bratton? Blonde so, guy. We'll call him Blondie. Yeah. Um, these three guys who are they're, they're outlaws. They're, they're in a gang in the Old West. And, but the main that's all the behind the scenes. The main story is these guys searching for love in the, and trying to find love and happiness. And it's so interestingly constructed. It's, it starts, it's mostly a series of short stories and vignettes that tell a larger story when put all together. But it, it was so refreshing because it was done by somebody who's outside of the U.S. and somebody who's not steeped in all the Western tropes and who's grown up with all that, the Western baggage. And oftentimes you get really interesting looks at genre tales for people who haven't grown up with them. That's why oftentimes foreign writers are the best for comics because they haven't 
lived off of comics their whole life or foreign filmmakers are great for looking at genres in American films because they haven't been inundated with all these imagery from their whole life. They get a fresh take on it. And you got a really interesting fast paced, funny um, story that was also had some, you know, every now and then would have a serious violent moment in it that would sort of remind you that you're still dealing with outlaws here. But also kind of funny where they'd be in shootouts but talking about their latest love lives and problems they're having and why the girl won't call him back and should he go to the next town and see her while in the midst of shooting it out with somebody. And it was it was very lighthearted in that sense. I, I just it was it was very sweet and, and I, I just liked these three rough guys and their search for love. And it was so unusual and so unexpected that very charming book overall. I mean the artist the artist exaggerated and Gus has a humongous nose and and Clem's got big broccoli hair and it's just it's it's very cute. It's it's hard to it's it's hard to say words that don't sound like they're demeaning the book. They're not demeaning the book, but it's well, it was a very lovely tale. The word you used was unusual, and mm-hmm. that's exactly that's the perfect word for this book. And, and it's not meant in a bad way. Is that you 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 handed it to me? You said give this a read, and and I think I got like maybe ten twenty percent through the thing, and I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I kept going, and you know by the time I passed you know the halfway point, I was like, I need to keep, I need to know what happens, and it's not. Typical. It's, it's part comic strip, and it's a western. So everything happens sort of through the lens of that, but it's not really a typical western in any way. It doesn't have any of those tropes of you know the the good guy triumphs and and evil. It's it's just this weird take on sort of a skewed morality that feels foreign and familiar at the same time. Um, and like you said, like they're they're talking about stuff. It weird. It's like it's like Quentin Tarantino plus a cartoon, plus a French guy, plus, like, it's just weird. Um, and, you know, like, it, it just surprises you a lot of times. And by the end, like, the person you think that you're paying the most attention to is not. Um, and, and also feels like it feels like it could keep going. Like, I don't know if there's more or this guy's still doing stories, but this is just a, a group of vignettes. It's almost like they turn the camera on at one point. It's not necessarily the beginning. And it's like box the, office poison in that the main character becomes the side character by the end, and the side character becomes the main character. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and, and, and the, you know, you're talking about the art style. This is going to be one of those ones, one of those ones that you'll hear some people say, uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant art. And other people will look at it and be like, this is garbage. Um, but what it does is tell the story really well. And that one of the interesting things is like the characters look kind of ridiculous. Um, you mentioned like Gus has a giant weird long nose, but you know what? At no point ever did I wonder who I was looking at. Yep. Like, and it, and it all had to do with the, they were there were characters. It's, it's cartooning. That's what cartooning usually yes, is. Is people yes. are exaggerated. They're not. It's not realistic art. It's not supposed to be. It's a different. It's cartoons. And the and the image had had to do with the characterization of of the people. Right. You know. So and and it it just all worked very well. It was it was a fun little book. And you. I mean, like, it was such a neat new thing. I'd never. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't have found that. It was it was really cool. So, looking for something different. I mean, this is an example of the kind of stuff that the first second does a lot. Foreign um, American versions of foreign. Foreign comics. Yeah, definitely. I liked the pacing a lot. I liked the fact that in the first story, which is about Gus and Natalie, um, that you got this sense of what the book was about in that this Gus is this hard scrabble outlaw in love with this girl named Natalie, and he's trying to court her. But it's the Old West, so it's not like you can email her or you can call her. You've got to send her a letter, and she'll get it in three weeks. So what do you do between letters? So like he sends her a letter. The one panel will be him riding off, and then the next panel is him robbing a bank. The next panel is him riding back, and then the third, fourth panel is him getting, getting a letter again. Like it's... It's, it's, it's a nice way to show time passing and to show what these guys do in between, but to show the main thing is about the love letter. Getting the letter is the main part of the story, not the robbing of the bank. I liked just that. It's kind of, 
it's kind of trite, but it's kind of like um, Guy Ritchie's quick um, transitional shots, especially in Snatch <laughs> when he did the... Um, it reminded me of the scene in Snatch where Dennis Farina's character's on the phone, and then you see him very in a bunch of jump cuts, get on the plane, you know, drinks, gets, drinks the drinks. The drink. and, you know, two seconds later, he's in. He's in but that's what it reminded me of. Like, in between the, sh- the scenes, it's him traveling. In between the scenes here, is him doing the outlaw stuff. Because the scenes that are really important are the love stories. I really, really liked that a lot. It was very unusual. I loved it. was just, I, I blew through this book because I couldn't stop reading it. And I was just so happy in the whole time. Because it's a sweet tale. Even though these are bad guys, they're, 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 they want to find love, too. You that know what I liked? That none of the uh, cowboy stuff, none of the bank robberies and stuff like that. That was never in question. Right. Like whenever they went to, like, I gotta rob the bank, and the the it's story. Like point is going to work. Yeah, the story wasn't like, will they get caught robbing the bank? No, it's it's not about that. It's about all the other stuff that happens, and I just that was just a like it's just a subverting of that kind of thing. So. Yeah, it was really nice. If you like, you don't even have to like westerns it's, because it's, it's really a love story. It's really like a romance comic. Cool, which is nice. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I I was re- I was surprised I never heard of it, and when you said you got it from the Eisner list, I didn't know what to expect. I read a review. It sounds great. I want to pick it. Up. I want to borrow it from you. Pick it up. It sounds really really interesting. It's um it's a nice package. It's sort of smaller size, and I'm looking for the price on it, and I can't see it anywhere. It can't. It's got to be like twelve, thirteen bucks. Yeah, oh, you can't it's, nice. it's, it's it's thick. It's got lots of. It's got 150 plus pages, and it's um nice. small panels, so you get a lot of stuff, and the panels are packed full of stuff. And it's seventeen dollars. Uh, and then 47% off at InStockTrades.com, and there you go. Less than there 10. Go. Um, go read Connor's full uh, review of that book, and, and uh, go check out something different. Yeah. You know? Treat yourself. That's what I'm saying. And that, that was a whole mess of show. We talked about as many books as we could fit in the, in the, in the allotted time. Packed it in there. Woo. Um, and go to ifanboy.com, check out Connor's review that he wrote, and then uh, both of them. Check out his Pick of the Week review and his Book of the Month review and the discussions that take place thereafter. Um, and all the original content that goes up all the time and the in-depth discussion, the stuff about every single book in the comic sections. There's discussions on everything. Um, go to ifanboy.com slash about to figure out who we are and also how to connect with us in other ways on the web, social networking, stuff like that. And while you're there, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon if you're doing any Amazon shopping um, of any kind and you want to help the show out, that's one thing that you can do. You can also go to ifanboy.com slash store. Ain't that right? Yes, it is. And at ifanboy.com slash store, you can find the ifanboy store where uh, that's where you can sign up to become a member. Um, a, whole, a whole bunch of you are uh, signed up to become members, and we really thank you for it. For those of you who haven't yet, we still our membership drive is still going. So any and all support that you can give our way, we appreciate it. You can sign up for $4 a month or $42 a year, and that'll give you the ifanboy prize pack, which includes some stickers and some buttons and a comic from our collection, uh, as well as if you wanted to spend a little more, you can spend $10 a month or $100 a year and get that prize pack, those stickers, the buttons, the comics, uh, the comic, as well as a special limited edition iFanboy members t-shirt. Um, I've seen a bunch of people wearing them at cons already, and it's really cool. We hope to see more at, the San, at San Diego and Heroes Con and some other cons out there. So if you're an iFanboy fan and you have a shirt, wear it with pride. Um, so please, if you have spare a couple bucks, you know, four bucks a month, that's the price of a comic book, and we send you a comic in return. It doesn't get any better than that. So uh, go to ifanboy.com forward slash store to do that. And there you can also uh, order our latest limited edition T-shirt, the With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility Graph T-shirt, uh, which has they've been printed and they are in stock. So order them now. They are running – inventory is running low and they're running out. So order yours today while you can. Uh, go to uh, ifanboy.com forward slash store. Connor, are you watching TJ Hooker? Yes. Okay. 
Shatner just jumped across the hood. It was awesome. By the way, Ron just said it doesn't get any better than that. It does get better than that because this week Connor and I handed off an original page of All Red Art. Yeah. Yes. To the member who won it. Thank yep. God he was in New York City. But um, <laughs> we gave that over to William K. Scurry, and uh, he was very appreciated. Imagine you get you get a page of original art. I have other stuff to give away. We're definitely going to give something away next week. Yep. Um, we didn't have time to get to it this week. But um, there's always going to be giveaways for the people who are members just randomly, just for being a member. We could pick your name out of a hat, and, and, and it's good stuff. Yeah. A little more uh, He also got his packet, too. He got everything in that little exchange. Oh, wow, it was like Christmas for him. Christmas in May. Yeah was <laughs> christmas at grand central station was. <laughs> and you can also get the original the ifanboy intern t-shirt which is available at the revision 3 store revision3.com slash store and ron i'm assuming there's still a few of those left yeah there are actually i i, I, I need to find out because they're really they're really really low actually <laughs> so if you want one get one while you can so they're only 15.99 yep. 15.99 revision3.com slash store the original blue and red uh, intern t-shirt and you can wear that and we can order you around to get us coffee and donuts and things like that and Listen, dry cleaning needs, needs to be doing if you order the last one, then the, in- then the outro gets shorter. I mean, what more could you possibly want? Uh, there's a video show every single Wednesday um, or very late Tuesday. Uh, Revision3.com slash iFanboy or iFanboy.com or on TiVo. This past week was the email and voicemail show, which was, any- which was a lot more fun than it had any right to be. Uh, <laughs> this week we are going to the vault. That's right. More it's no books. theme. It's just vault. Okay, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to, um, we didn't do any emails or voicemails this show, but if you want, if you have a question or anything like that, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or call us on our voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. with any questions or comments or anything like that. And we will get back to the emails and voicemails next week, so make sure you call in. And please, if you are inebriated, just don't call us. <laughs> it's the same guy who didn't know what to do with his sticker. Yeah. We like we love five, you. Don't get me wrong. We love you, Pat. But you know, called five times. Call somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> We're not calling you back. If you like the show, you can write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, you can tell your friends and all your buddies who like comics or don't like comics. Tell your mom. Tell your priest. Everybody. But do it quickly because honestly, it's hot, and I'm about to wilt. <laughs> oh, there it is. First of the year, folks. Yep. It is it's hot summer. out there. It is it's summer. Just, oh, it's 90 degrees today. Oh, Honestly, this whole show, I've been sitting here going, I'm going to die at any moment. No, I can't wait to not be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. So um, is that it? Oh, that's, that's it. I guess that's it, it is. So, All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Hold on. The air conditioning is coming on right now. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, I can't put up with the charade. Wait, are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we can take this out in post. Okay. Oh, it's blowing right on me, too. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs>